Welcome everyone. It is Wednesday, so you know what that means. It's our newest edition of WeatherWise. I'm meteorologist Ulysses Garcia, and I am here with our new chief meteorologist. Hello everybody out there, I'm Rich Wurzik. So yes, so we have Rich here, and you know, this podcast is all about just getting to know our new chief meteorologist. Welcome to 47 ABC. Thank you. You know, we're happy, uh, Sloan and I are very happy that you're a part of our storm team. So, um, you know, really it's all about just getting to know you here. Um, so yeah, Rich, um, you know, so thank you for joining us. And when it comes to today, uh, let's just start off with what got you into weather? How did it all begin? All right. Well, I want to also say uh, everyone's been incredibly welcoming to me here, especially you and Sloan. And I'm really excited to work with you guys. Uh, great weather team that we have here. And I'm just kind of honored to be a part of it and honored also to be forecasting in my home state. Oh, yeah. Um, and worth mentioning with your question there how it got all started for me. Oh, man, earliest childhood memories. Uh, I think I was like five years old or something and just laying in my bed scared of a tornado watch. Um, I grew up in Rockville, Maryland, so uh, just over on the other side of the Bay Bridge. And uh, just growing up in Rockville, being a little kid, being scared of the weather, but also learning to kind of look at the sky and know when, you know, the storms were over, when things were quieting down. So I feel like at a really, really, really early age, um, I was already tracking the weather. I was already following the weather. Um, so it's just been ingrained in me, um, ever since I've been a little kid. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think for us meteorologists, it usually starts with, you know, a, an event or right. just some curiosity about it. So I know when it comes to me, it all started with, uh, in first grade, I remember like my, my teacher, she gave me this little weather thing to like put on my wall and had the seasons and it had the types of weather and I played around with it. And then I remember as time went on, I was more curious about the weather and I started watching the weather channel. I think my, uh, yes. my earliest memory, I think it was like <laughs> December, 1994. It's like the earliest I can remember that I hopped on and watched the weather channel. So it, it grew from there. So um, no, yeah. So I know for some people it's, uh, you know, for you it's tornadoes. So yeah, that's definitely the thing that triggered it. Um, so where did you go to school when it comes to your getting your meteorology degree? Um, I ended up at uh, Cal, I, I went to California University of Pennsylvania. It's a school just south of Pittsburgh. Um, and it was there where I also was able to secure an internship at KDKA, um, one of the powerhouse uh, old school TV stations out of Pittsburgh. So um, Western PA was really where I truly was able to gain my foundational knowledge of meteorology. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You know, that's awesome. You know, that, and the fact that you were even into, you know, intern, that's always, you know, great, valuable experience. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I know, like for me, like I also done, um, I done experiences where I done some stuff with the National Weather Service. I did a SCEP internship. And then a little bit after I graduated, I also did an internship at uh, the local TV station down in Miami, WTVJ, NBC6. So definitely, you know, very valuable experiences. So and that's really what you know, how helps you put the tools together to become a great meteorologist. Um, exactly. So um, how did uh, how did your career begin when it comes to uh, after you graduated? Like, where did you start? Where was your first station? Or Well, that was uh, it, it was I brought up the internship because that was kind of the catalyst for that. Um, so my last year in college, my first semester of my last year, I had the internship in Pittsburgh and that allowed me to land a part time job at a cable station just south of my college in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, HSTV. I landed that job my second semester or my last semester of college. So I was really fortunate just by chance that I was able to actually start my career, you know, a few months before uh, graduation. So that really 
allowed me to propel into the business, if you will, or uh, into this career. And my first full-time job came right after graduation. Um, it was at WCBI TV in Columbus, Mississippi. Uh, for those of you uh, listening from across the world, the United States were uh, divided into many TV markets. So this was a TV market in the Deep South uh, that covered a lot of central and northern Mississippi, also parts of western Alabama. So that's where I got started. Um, thrown into the fire, if you will. Um, if people are familiar with the Deep South, the tornado outbreaks down there are, um, are sometimes can be uh, historic. And also the tropical weather as well. So you get a one-two punch every spring and summer and even into the fall down there. So um, I was able to really hone my severe weather skills at a very early stage in my career. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, especially down south. I mean, you said you got the double dose of both severe and uh, tropical weather. And I guess, you know, before we go on more, a little bit more about your career, you know, before making it here to, you know, 47 ABC, I guess the real question is, uh, you know, which, which type of weather is the one that, you, you know, you love the most or your strong suit when it comes to weather? Is it winter weather, severe weather, or tropical weather? That's, it, that, that's a question I always uh, I, I think about for myself sometimes because, Growing up, it was winter weather. I was scared of the severe weather. I was very interested in it, but it was always the snow and the, and the ice that fascinated me. I think part of it was tied to the fact that we got out of school if <laughs> there was a lot of snow. <laughs> so, you know, I know that that was part of it, but um, as I went through high school, and especially when I went into college and got a chance to really dive into the academics of it, um, I started to kind of confront my fear, if you will, of the severe weather, and I you know, participated in some storm chases through my college. And that has become my centerpiece, if you will, of my experience and my passion for weather is being able to, to uh, track severe weather like tornadoes and to be able to specifically be able to do that on TV so that I can communicate that information to people watching to keep them safe. So that's, that's really where I, I've, find my most passion is for severe weather like tornadoes and even tropical systems no yeah no yeah i mean definitely uh you know that's and that's awesome you know because i know with uh with severe weather you know definitely you know that's uh it's always helpful you know to have somebody that you know loves severe weather and that's you know that's their strong suit and all that i i know for me like i mean i like severe weather but definitely i can i, I can admit you know i'll admit publicly i think you know for me i've gotten better at like winter forecasting than i have severe weather and and even i'm pretty good at tropical weather than i am severe weather so it kind of helps that you know our weather team is kind of you know balances out and everything. everything so that's always a good thing right. you know uh, uh you know that we have a bit of a nice balance between you know everybody's strong suits when it comes to which type of weather they're better at forecasting so that's always awesome for us here um uh, so obviously you said you were down in Mississippi at WCBI. Um, is there, did you go anywhere else after WCBI? Well, that, that was um, important for me, um, as, as I mentioned, because I, I really was able to truly gain an understanding of tracking severe weather. Um, but that allowed me to land my next job where I spent almost 10 years in Dayton, Ohio at WHIO-TV and another active severe weather market, Western Ohio, parts of Eastern Indiana. Um, they certainly see their fair, shore, fair share of um, tornado outbreaks and um, high wind events from severe thunderstorms. But also in Ohio, um, as you would imagine, their fair share of winter weather events. So that, that was kind of the next step for me. It was to be able to continue to be able to uh, share my experiences and, and hone my severe weather tracking skills, but really also begin to focus on winter weather forecasting. So um, I had everything 
to do weather-wise, uh, with the exception of maybe tropical weather. That was it um, in, in that market in Dayton. And uh, a fantastic time I had up there. Um, uh, just a very um, enriching time as far as my meteorological knowledge and experience. And that really set the stage for me. So eventually that when I would come here to Delmarva as a chief meteorologist, I had uh, all these experiences that I, I know will come in um, very important, very handy, but you know, very important here as I know that we experience all weather here too. No, yeah, absolutely. Definitely, you know, the more experience you get, you know, in different, different places that really helps you out because, you know, it definitely puts you, uh, you know, jack of all trades type of guy. So um, absolutely. There's also one question I want to ask here because I know this is a, uh, I know Sloan, she's not a, a fan of the winter weather. <laughs> um, I know our previous chief, he was a fan of the snow. Right. I'm a fan of the snow. Let's ask you. Am are you, I a fan are you, of the are snow? You, are you a fan of the snow? I, you know, I, I, I waver because I think I got to the point where I started becoming not a fan of the snow because it wasn't about getting off of school anymore. Actually, I had to uh, drive to work in it, <laughs> no, yeah. you know, so I, I, I guess that meant um, I started realizing what it was to be the parent or the adult um, at that time. But um, <clears throat> I, I would say that Probably in a place like here in Delmarva, for instance, and I remember this from when I lived in Mississippi, where they, their winters, they could go an entire two or three year span without seeing a snowflake. Um, when you do get <coughs> winter weather events, um, because they're less common, it becomes, you know, I think a little more fun, if you will, to forecast it. Um, probably you feel that way too, you being from Florida, right? This is an anomaly for you to be able to see these type of events so no yeah absolutely you know. I mean, definitely um so I, I i would say to answer that question i it's not that i don't like it i i just i'm always a, a spring and severe a spring and summer severe weather guy i, I that's you know i uh, severe storms fascinate me i do a lot of storm chasing when i'm not in front of the green screen on tv so um some kind of middle of the ground with it Hey, that's a fair answer. Yeah, you know, there that's you go. That's a fair answer. You know, we're, we're not judging. We're just no, wanna know, we know. just want to know. We yeah. just want to know. Uh, I mean, talk, your stance, talk you know? to me after this winter. If we get enough ice and snow out here in Delmarva, maybe I'll change my mind and you know, lean back, not lean back toward not liking it. But we'll see. We'll All see. right. No, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens after this winter. You know, because I know this past winter here uh, definitely was a. I saw that. That yeah. was very active, and that was, uh, you must have loved that, right? No, yeah, it was definitely, uh, you know, it was definitely fun to forecast, definitely a challenge to forecast, but uh, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, just like here on Delmarva, you know, it's such a tricky place to forecast. It's, you know, you need the right, the right, the right elements to all come into play, the right position of where these systems come into play. Right. We pretty much, like, everything kind of got, you know, kind of lucked out to, for us to get a good amount of snow with, we really had two big storms that really, uh, you know, just dumped a good amount of snow here on Delmarva. So, um, you know, and like you said, you know, sometimes we can go a, a winter where we don't get any snow. I know we had a couple, uh, three winters ago here, we only had half an inch of snow and it was in November and the rest of the, the winter, it was just dry or right. and of snow. It was all just pure rain. It's just because the luck of the draw, how the system's set up or, you know, sometimes it's, it's cold, but we don't have the moisture or, or, you know, it's, we have the moisture, but it's not cold enough, you know? And that you, you bring up a really good point here in the mid Atlantic. I know that that's, that's such an issue uh, for snow lovers is that um, it's not that it's not cold enough to get snow during the winter. It just seems like anytime it's cold enough, it doesn't work out that 
there's a storm system involved or this was, you know, behind a very strong cold front, so you have a ton of dry air and there's no, you know, there's no precipitation left. Um, and it, it's interesting that you also point out too, just, you know, the feast or famine with this area. I know, um, you know, the Washington DC area typically sees a lot more snow than Delmarva, but this past winter it was flipped. Um, so yeah, I, I think this area can be very unique because of that. Um, and just growing up in the central Maryland area, just a few hours off to the west from here, um, that was always the case. The rain snow line kind of made it up to the DC area and it was everywhere east and south that saw rain during a major nor'easter and it was you know the northern suburbs and back into the mountains that saw snow so i know this winter was uh, definitely the flip of that no yeah definitely it was um yeah it was, it was definitely an interesting winter because i feel like the both storms kind of the areas i know the first storm we had in early january it favored more towards the dc area more towards the upper shore and mid shore and then when um, so Salisbury and points east saw a lot less snow, but then when we had that blizzard, that really favored Salisbury and points east oh, and yeah. south. So it kind of it's like the areas that did not get the snow in the first round got it in that second round. And right. We had some little filler snows in between that were like about an inch or so that kind of just kind of just kept it interesting until the big one came through. So right. Uh, but like you said, though, definitely you know every every winter it's um it's definitely unique. Um, Definitely unique. Is there, um, so let's recap a little bit. I want to ask you more of a specific question. Is there sure. like a major event that you covered, you know, in your broadcast career, um, either in Ohio or in Mississippi that you fondly remember, maybe because of how you did or something like for severe weather or winter weather or, or, or tropical weather? Is there like major event that stands out to you that you personally did? Sure. There, there are a few. Um, notably, um, well, I'll start with Mississippi. So the beginning of um, my career, um, probably I would say just a three or four weeks into my, my job there, um, I had to cover a tornado outbreak, if you will, wall to wall, as we say in the TV business, it means going on air until the tornado warnings are done. So that could be 20 minutes, that could be 10 hours. And I believe this was a several hour event. I was a morning meteorologist, so this started at maybe two in the morning. and. Oh, I was on air probably through about 11 o'clock in the morning, on and off, um, as the warnings were coming through. So that event really stands out in my mind first because it was just so um, intense for me. Uh, but at that point, um, that did prepare me for more active weather, and it was Hurricane Katrina when I was living in Mississippi. Hurricane Katrina, that, of course, uh, is such a huge weather event, historic weather event yeah. um, for the Deep South and just for the United States in general. And that was a very um, uh, memorable event, um, good and bad. Of course, it was uh, very destructive, um, and there was a lot of suffering with that. But it, it did allow me to truly get a better understanding of just how important it is to have what we do, have us, a TV meteorologist, communicate life-saving information to people, because I, I think that that certainly was a key to helping people get to safety and to understand what was happening with that storm. Um, and then when I went to Ohio, um, you know, there were numerous severe weather outbreaks. We had uh, some high wind events from thunderstorms, derechos, um, or mm -hmm. derechos, uh, as you hear some people call. Um, but also, when I was in Ohio, um, that was the first major winter storm I remember in 2008 that uh, I went through and forecasted on air. And it, uh, there it was anywhere between a foot to two feet of snow. And for Midwest locations, that's a lot of snow to get in one time. Uh, 
you, they, they get a lot of snow during the winter, but it's usually in smaller amounts. So that was a big deal for Western Ohio, and that was uh, very memorable for me. I remember having to drive into work, and you could not see the road uh, because the snow was falling so fast and so, so much of it falling at once that the plows couldn't keep up. And the only way I knew where the road was where I had to look on either side of the road at the telephone poles and just know that I needed just to stay right in the middle where I was going to find my way into a ditch. So uh, that was very memorable for me. Um, and of course, all the uh, severe weather events with tornadoes uh, tracking those in Ohio. So I have all these little mini events I can still remember. I remember a lot of them, but really Hurricane Katrina down in Mississippi and then the, that big winter storm in Ohio are two events that stand out in my mind. Well, that's, well, you know, that's, uh, that's what, you know, helps you be what you are, you know, for, uh, to be, you know, the experiences to help you become, you know, chief meteorologist. So, um, no, yeah, that's definitely a lot of experiences. That's for sure. You know, <laughs> um, I was going to ask, uh, my next question was going to be now that, um, now that you're here at 47 ABC, uh, you know, what are your goals or what are your plans here as chief meteorologist? What do you, um, well, I, I just want to build on what you all already had going here. You had a great team. I know that Daniel and you all, you know, have been uh, forecasting here for a long time and have really got to know the area well. And I, I just want to build on what you all had in place coming in and continue with that. The tradition of really, um, you know, we have the, the, um, uh, the, the brand here because local matters, right? Yes. And I, I think that my goal is to really tie into that and truly truly like build on that um, with the storm tracking and letting everybody know in the communities around Delmarva that when there's bad weather here, any type of weather, that we're going to focus on their community and let them know what's going on and engage with them. And that's, that's something I want to do here too, really, you know, engage with the weather watchers, the great weather watchers that we already have in place and be able to, you know, share experiences with the weather through social media, on air, through people's uh, storm pictures and videos and storm reports. And I think that it kind of becomes uh, a family thing where we're all kind of yeah. looking out for each other. And, you know, I see myself as just the conduit to pass along that information. I'm sure you do as well in yeah. Sloan. And the three of us, my goal is to be able to just continue that tradition of really keeping a watch over the area. And, you know, for that one day where potentially we could be tracking something very significant here, whether it be a severe weather outbreak or what, you know, something we prepare for every year, um, a tropical event, uh, potentially a hurricane. You know, I, I want people to know that we're here and we'll be ready to give them that information. That's my goal. No, yeah, absolutely. That's a great goal. And, you know, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm excited that you're here. I know Sloan feels I, me the same. Too, man. <laughs> so, you know, we're really looking forward to, you know, the great things that we're going to accomplish here together. And I'm great. And I'm, I'm really excited to work with you too as well. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess, you know, since we have a little bit of time left, you know, and I really appreciate everything that we've talked about here. And, you know, getting to know you and, you know, all our listeners are getting to know you. So this is, you know, really helpful. Um, I guess we can quickly recap the weather that we had this past weekend. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, we had that coastal storm. We did have some thunderstorms uh, that came through um, back on Friday. Good thing the severe weather threat, it uh, fizzled out here on Delmarva. But that really, in a way, kind of helped us shape up for a good amount of rain that we got Um as we made our way into the weekend. I know Saturday and Sunday we got some rain, but it wasn't as much as what we got on Friday. That really was the, the catalyst for the rain. It was really more, like you said, um, on air on Friday, how the by the time we made our way to the weekend, it was going to switch from the rain to the wind. To the that wind. really was the case right. here. Um, looking at some of the rainfall totals that we had on from the entire storm from Friday to Monday morning, 
really just Delaware, um, especially Sussex County, really hit that mark with over two inches of rain. Woodside 2.03, Milford 2.79, Dagsborough 2.47. Um, and I know the recent drought monitor has put parts of Sussex County under abnormally dry conditions. So the good news in that area is I do believe that when we get the newest update on Thursday, we'll actually see um, some improvements in that area. Even Salisbury 1.74, so we'll see. I know areas a little bit more towards the south, especially into Accomack County, Wallops Island, and Melfa uh, got less than an inch of rain. So maybe they're not, will not see too much of an improvement in the drought monitor, but hopefully we'll see how it goes. But definitely, you know, the rain was definitely a good thing that was needed, especially for parts of Delmarva. And um, recapping quickly the winds here. So Lewis really topped out. Um, I think from what I've read, it's a little bit, um, I think the station was a little elevated. So that's why they were able to record a wind gust of 72 miles an hour, almost hurricane force um, wind gust. But most areas uh, were did see around between 45 to 55 miles an hour, especially in Sussex County. Uh, Dewey Beach at 57, Georgetown at 51, Bethany at 49, Rehoboth at 48, and Dover at 46. So definitely uh, blustery times. We're still dealing with it here on, on Wednesday. So now here on Wednesday, we're still dealing with the breeze, uh, but it's starting to diminish a little bit. However, though, this system, we talked about it last week. We talked about it early this week, how the system, um, it's not just a one-and-done storm. It's, and it's, uh, it looks like we're going to still deal with some of the influences of it as we make our way into the weekend, but... I know I'm rambling on a little bit about it, but I just guess if you have any extra thoughts about it, you know. No, you're spot on with everything you're saying. You know, this time of the year, um, we have to worry about that. A system off the coast, if it doesn't exit the region uh, and it lingers, the waters are getting a little warmer. But if it, you know, for those listening at home um, that aren't familiar with the East Coast, and we have the Gulf Stream, which is just off the Carolinas, South mm-hmm. Carolina, and that's a, a warm current of water. And even this time of the year, if a system can find its way over top of that, that warm ocean water is the fuel for tropical systems. And you know, that, that could end up um, allowing a system to regenerate and make its way back on land as a tropical system. And um, it's always a catch-22 because if that was to happen later this week, that's great news for those areas down south that are still considered in drought. I know eastern North Carolina, I believe, is, is pretty much locked in that. And that would bring them a lot of rain. But... Anything down south usually finds its way up through Delmarva. So if that happens, we're dealing with it eventually by the end of the weekend of the weekend. So I know that that'll be something we'll have to watch closely. But, you know, um, you know just another thought about the, the weekend storm, too, is just um, all the rain that fell um, in areas like Pennsylvania, uh, just off to our north, uh, you know, coming down through the tributaries. I know that there were a lot of flooding issues back through Maryland in the mountains, but also in the D.C. area. Uh, there were some water rescues, um, some areas that, you know, maybe they didn't pick up a lot of rain, so people didn't realize just how much water was flowing through these tributaries because of the higher totals north into Pennsylvania. But that caused a lot of um, life-threatening situations. And I know, you know, here locally we had a lot of, like, coastal flooding, uh, which can be expected, obviously, with an off you know, offshore storm, but still, um, you know, it only takes a few feet of water for your car to be, you know, to be disengaged basically or swept away. And we saw, unfortunately, pictures of that. So um, it's a good reminder that when we have these situations in in this rain, the flooding can sometimes persist after the event. And it's something to keep a very close eye on. We saw that happen this weekend. No, yeah, absolutely. You know, turn around and don't drown. And I think the information you said, it doesn't take that much water. I think of, from what I've read, I think it's like 
as little as six inches. I think yeah. it's a, um, just enough for your car to get swept away. Right. Um, so yeah, and and and, it's, and when we talk about flooding here, it doesn't even have to be rainfall. I mean, obviously, like we had coastal flood advisories and coastal flood warnings throughout the weekend. So you know, even those low-lying areas, um, you know, if you're not sure how far that road it goes to, especially near the beaches, um, you know, it could, you could get it swept away there too. So that's right. something you want to keep in mind. It doesn't have to exactly be um, rainy uh, for that to happen. I know also the, the one other thing that I noticed that was also a kicker about this past weekend was the fact that how chilly it got on Sunday for Mother's Day. I know we talked about how raw the weather was going to be this weekend, uh, but Mother's Day, the fact that Salisbury was within one degree of time, the record cold high temperature, we only topped that at 51. The record was 50. We missed it by a degree, tying it. Um, it was just really, really chilly. I know, like we talked about it before, May is usually, um, it's just a very interesting month. I know we've we talked about it off, uh, you know, in our conversations, how May could be one of these months where we can have, you know, 90 degree weather, our first 90 degree days of the year, but then we have one of these weird days where it's going to be like, cold cold you know with right and that's pretty much what happened so it's very typical mid-atlantic it's the late spring doldrums as i like to call it um <laughs> it's just you you're right we could go into what people around here you know get used to what would eventually be beach weather that's what everyone's looking forward to at least most people and we kind of go backwards and it, it's just a function of where we are you know geographically and obviously with the atlantic ocean and the waters are still awfully cool um so you kind of get locked in this marine layer, if you will, or something that you, you might, might be a little more reminiscent of the upper Northwest, like Seattle or Portland or something like that. We get into that type of weather. And man, you're right about uh, Salisbury, close to the record low, high temperature, but with that wind coming through, I mean, it felt even worse. No, you know, yeah, forties. Wind chills were all, right. yeah, I know. Wind chills all came from like Saturday all the way through, it, uh, all the way through Monday, I think we, through early Monday was pretty much stuck in the 40s, maybe briefly maybe we saw wind chills into the 30s. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was definitely chilly, definitely windbreaker jacket uh, weather. So I know people, like you said, it's uh, just when you think you had to, you put your jackets away and be like, all right, you don't have to worry. Oh, you have to take them back out again. Well, but, I guess uh, it's one other reason why they might call this the off season still, because you just don't know what you're going to get here for the first part of May. No, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> That's why, uh, yeah, I know for us here, I know we're in a few weeks, we're going to start putting out our, our beach forecast, and we usually wait till Memorial Day because, like right. you said, uh, the weather is still a bit unpredictable at this time of the year. So I know we've had some uh, Mother's Day is usually a bit of a toss-up of a holiday when it comes to the weather here on Del Marva. It could either be very, very nice or um, very, very raw. And unfortunately, this past year, it was very, very raw. So, um, but no, yeah, thank you for, you know, tuning Thank you, uh, you know, for the... Great interview. It was great chatting with you. I great appreciate thing, it. Um, you know, talking about it. We're you know we're looking forward to you being uh, uh, hosting Weatherwise here. So oh, that's you know, right. this time around, you were kind of our <laughs> our guest. Uh, but you know, next time you know uh, as we go along, you'll be hosting them. And uh, I talked to you and Sloan already. We're we, I think we're going to have some great podcasts yeah, and great subjects. To. We're going to be able to talk about already. Uh, thinking up of some topics and stuff as we get, especially as we get into the tropical season here. So no, yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to you know hopefully with you in the mix, uh, you know new ideas, uh, you know what new ideas right. we can It'll talk be about. Fun. So you know great times ahead. So just make sure you know give it a listen, everyone. So everyone, thank you for tuning in. I hope everyone uh, has a great finish to their work week. Also has a great weekend. Make sure to stay safe. When it comes to weather wise, we're bringing you some weather wisdom. Until next time, everyone.